Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Well, can I add my welcome to Claire's? It's an absolute joy to see you all on this Christmas Eve. There are a thousand and one things you probably should be doing right now. And yet instead you've chosen to be here with us and uh, we feel incredibly privileged that you would choose to do that on this night of all nights. We've been thinking as a church community about joy over this Christmas season. Burlington joy. Because it's all about joy. It was joy for unexpected people. Joy found in unlikely places and joy at an unusual time. Mary and Joseph discovered joy at the birth of uh, a newborn baby, their first child. The shepherds discovered joy at being welcomed when they thought they might not have been allowed to the party. The wise men knew the joy of finding what they were seeking, and so angels announced it and choirs sang about it. But where does it come from, and how do you get it? And if you can get it, what about us. Maybe the wise men can help us. The wise men saw a star. So what? There are hundreds, thousands, millions of stars. And there's no one here, I suspect, who hasn't at one point in their lives been amazed by the stars. Maybe you're one of those people that is somewhat amazed by the fact that you can travel a thousand miles or so on earth and still see the same stars, the same shapes, the plough or the saucepan or all those other technical terms you use for the shape of the stars. So how many people saw that same star that those wise men saw? Was it a thousand or ten thousand or or, or fifty, a hundred thousand people saw the star from not just their country but many different countries because stars can be seen from everywhere? Who knows, to be frank, how many people saw that star? But it was only the wise men who stopped to ask the question, what does this mean? What does it mean? What is that star there for? And what's it pointing to? And why? Thousands saw it, but not many asked the question. In a sense, it's that same reality in our own culture, year on year, at Christmas time. The nativity is everywhere. It's the sign of the season. You'll find it on cards and in shop fronts and silhouetted on house windows. It's acted out in schools and churches and sung about and read about almost everywhere. How many people will see the simple image? A thousand? Ten thousand? A hundred thousand? A million or more? But who will ask, what does it mean? What's it there for? What on earth is going on. I want to invite you just for a moment to ponder with me about some of the signs that this particular image points to. Take Bethlehem, for example. Why not Brighton? 
or Banbury, or Birmingham, or Bolton. Well, perhaps not Bolton. Why Bethlehem? You don't need to be human for more than five minutes to realize that there's something about humanity that isn't quite right. That that we're not altogether complete. You don't need to meet another human being for too long to realize that just beneath the surface there's a level of insecurity, a sense of restlessness and incompleteness. We're not all together. We're beautiful and profound and yet somehow we're vulnerable and a little awkward and a little unsure of ourselves. Thousands of years ago, God started to speak to us, the people, about what that vulnerability was to help us understand where it came from and why it's here. Why do I feel not quite sure of myself? Why is there a restlessness on the inside that I can never quite resolve? Why a longing that I've never quite been able to quench? And in fact, most of the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, It's about God trying to help us understand why we're like that, where it came from and what's it all about. And in the middle of God explaining all this stuff about why it feels that we're not quite complete and how we might have been the people that we are not, he talks about a little town. And he says that one day, someone will be born in a little town and that person will be the hope of the world. That person will be able to resolve the longing in our hearts. That person will somehow be able to begin something in our lives that will ultimately make us complete and put us back together the way we were always meant to be. That person would be born in Bethlehem. You see, every time you see the image of the nativity, it's a reminder that God has done something to quench our thirst. God has done something to resolve our longing. God has done something to put us right from the inside out. Here is the one who meets us in all our upside-downness, in all our uncertainties, meets us in all our longings, our hopes and our dreams. As we sang some moments ago, the hopes and fears of all the years Or is it ears? Years. How do you say that round here? Years. Years? Years? Ears? Hopes and fears of all the sets of 12 months are met in thee tonight. Jesus came from a town called Bethlehem. But it gets more weird. He was born in a barn without any doors. Maybe. (laughs) Thank you, Andrew. We spend a lot of time on security, on locking our doors. Window locks, CCTV, intercom, electric passes. We're obsessed with keeping people out. Barns, though, don't sometimes even have walls, let alone doors. Why on earth was Jesus born in a barn? Because anybody could get in. And that's the point. Anybody can get in. Because everybody is welcome. Because the door into God's presence was wrenched open wide, never ever to be shut again. No one on the outside. All the barriers removed out of the way. No religion, no moral piety, no things I should have done or things I haven't done or things I need to do. Nothing to prove, nothing between us. We can walk right in. Born in a barn without 
any doors. Why? Because He's available. He's welcoming. He's open to you and you coming to Him and meeting with Him even today. And it gets stranger still. If you'd made up the story, you would not have made it this weird because everyone would have said, that's a weird story. But to be fair, when God moves in this world, it's often weird from our point of view and probably perfectly normal from his. He was laid in a trough full of cattle feed. How absurd is that? What on earth was God thinking to put his baby in a feeding trough in an animal bowl like the ones from pets at home? So what does that mean? What's that a sign of? What's that pointing to for everyone who's going to step back for a moment and ask the question, what does this mean that God should be there? For me, this is what it means. That if God can turn up there with all its absurdity, then God can also turn up here in all the weirdness and absurdity of your life and mine. No place too dirty, no place too obscure, too remote, too bizarre for God to show up. And it seems totally absurd for God to be there in a manger. And maybe to you this evening it seems totally absurd that God himself would turn up in your mess, in your pain, in your doubts, in your worries and fears, in your anxieties and uncertainties. But he showed up in a cattle trough to remind us that he can show up anywhere and it wasn't just the stable was it where wherever jesus showed up a a hillside a roadside a marketplace a business environment he transformed it from the inside out and just like all those who visited the stable everyone who met him who chose to embrace him was overjoyed a town called bethlehem which means our longings are met. A barn without doors, because I'm welcomed right into His presence. Nothing in the way anymore. And a trough of cattle feed. There's no place too messy, too absurd for God to show up. The shepherds and the wise men share one thing in common. They both left that place overjoyed. Where does the joy come from? That's where It comes from. And we believe here in this community that even if this is your toughest Christmas, and for some here, this is your toughest Christmas, even if things are broken and falling apart, even if you know that perhaps things will always be different as you head into the new year, we believe with all our hearts that Jesus is the bringer of joy, of joy that changes us from the inside out. Joy that's a gift to us, that's bigger and greater, that transcends our circumstance, our situation. He's with us and things will never be the same again. Let's be quiet for a moment. Imagine perhaps the absurdity of your life and know that Jesus can turn up even here as he did back then.